Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Light the Fight. Just to get my chops warmed up for you guys because if you didn't know this, I'm a horrible singer. No, you're not. I'm far less than average. Wait, are you a karaoke person? Have you done karaoke? No, not in this version of my adult life. Let's put it that way. In my younger adult life, there's a few karaoke sessions that I may or may not remember, but they did happen. I don't think I was ever invited back to the karaoke. I remember bar. there was a time that I did karaoke, and I do not do that anymore either. Let me guess what what your karaoke songs were. I'm oh, great! Thinking, let me see. But let me let me date you for a second here. <laughs> was there some Duran Duran? Possibly. There might yes. have been some Duran Duran. Yes. How about a little shout, shout? <laughs> no, let it the, all out. <laughs> it's the um, Cry Wolf one. The what? That cry wolf one, you know. Oh, the cry wolf one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hungry yeah. like the wolf. Hungry like the wolf. Those yeah. are the good days. See me, I'm more of a she's a man eater, man eater. No, that's not Pat Ben. That's Daryl Hall and Joan. You oh, watch your mouth. Right. That's Daryl Hall and John Oates. They're legends. That's right. Pat Benatar. I'm just kidding. Pat Benatar is good too. Brandon doesn't <laughs> even know who these people are. But our listeners know who those people are. Our producers are looking at us like over his head. I'm like, okay, like Man Eater, yeah, that's he, right. He's still, what are you selling that Justin that was, Bieber but thing? Like, uh, that was like in Flashdance, wasn't it, or something that like that? That was. I remember listening to Daryl Hall and John Oates when I was in elementary school. And then fast forward to it, I'm a full-grown adult, late 20s. If you've ever been down to San Diego in the month of June, they have this thing called the Del Mar Fair. It's like coolest, best fair. It's right on the beach. You can literally see the ocean. Don't worry, I taught it. A craft class. Okay, there. okay. All right, well, then you know all about it. It's great, great scenery, whatever. And I remember we just were there one night, and all of a sudden I'm like, Who's performing on the main stage? Because sometimes you can get some huge talent there on the main stage. And they said, Daryl Hall and John Oates. I was like, are you kidding me? I I made it out of my way, convinced all the people with me to go. We <laughs> sat there for two hours watching. And it was fun, man. Those oh, guys yeah. could still sing. For sure. Like, I'm like, if I close your eyes, he does not, he's not white. Like that's a black dude singing. Like he's got this <laughs> like soulful, jazzy voice. And I'm like, he's just this curly haired blonde guy. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> that's right, for sure. But anyway, so big shout out to, to anyone out there who's fans of them. I haven't talked about them in a long time. So that felt good. That was good. That, that was good. good. You shouldn't get your energy back up. Yeah. Before the podcast started, I think we may even start it with a yawn or we may edit <laughs> the yawn out. Heidi and I were talking. I'm like, have you ever just had to record something because obviously for Heidi's work, she does a lot of recording. And right before they, they say, go or record, you're like, this is the last thing in the world I want to be doing. I got no energy to do this. And somehow it just comes out. And Heidi was like, that's the only version of recording <laughs> I know. The only way. That's the only way. <laughs> Actually, the only way. I want you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, this is a side note. Okay. I have been recording these videos that's just my hands working. You're why a hand model? Why didn't I think of that sooner? I don't, I haven't gotten, Dang I haven't it. showered once in weeks. That's genius. Right. Think how much time you can get done without having to do the hygiene it part. It is so fantastic. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. No wonder people do that. 
But in Utah, you're going to have to keep your hands lathered because it's pretty dry. That here. is true. Lots of lotion. That is true. And I got a little ink under the fingernails. So yeah. That's not good. Anyway, sorry. I digress. No, no. We, we do a lot of digressing. So, hey, you guys, we're just going to answer some questions today. The past couple of weeks, we've been telling you guys um, we're going to answer some questions. So today we've dedicated today's episode to Q&A, answering some questions. We try to pick out a couple different questions that had some different topics. Now, uh, what we're going to do here, just to give you a little heads up, is if you're listening to the question and you're going, that sounds like it could have been mine, but my question was also background, details, experiences, thoughts, feelings, hopes, and dreams, and a question in it. It's because we just had to whittle it down to the question part. So we're going to do our best job to paraphrase the question. So if you think it's your question, it probably is. Um, but, you know, we're not going to say who sent it in and what your birth date is and your social media handle and stuff like that. So it's very private. And just another disclaimer, because you guys hear this in the beginning of the episode, we're not giving therapy. Heidi's definitely not giving therapy. <laughs> <laughs> No way I had to clarify that. I'm just that saying so you're much. not a professional. However, <laughs> she a is a therapist. Exactly. But she's has qualified. Other professional capabilities. Exactly. She's qualified by caring. If you want to know about my card making, she could see. make she could make the <laughs> diploma that says she's a therapist. She's not a licensed therapist. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But no, she um so qualification is you care. That's without doubt. And then your street credit, meaning it's like personal experience. Personal experiences, obviously. But no, we're neither of us are doing counseling or therapy right now. We're just answering some questions, weighing in. I don't know you. The you know? reality is every time we read questions, I'm always like, mm, no idea what I would say. So I actually really enjoy these question answer sessions because I learned so much. Well, let's do a little bit different. Let's get you involved a little bit more this time because you're right. And sometimes in the past, I'll just ramble on and answer the question. We'll go to the next one and then... You're just sitting there going, yeah, hold on. Let me take some more notes. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Yeah, I know. It's so uh, so let's start with some questions. Let's let's get it done. Before we start the questions, we just want to give a little reminder to you that if you need contacts, just call 1-800. Don't even think about it. Just call them. They'll hook you up. Also, if you need progressive bifocal lenses, yeah. call them. <laughs> yes. They may not give you a job, but they will give you contacts, Heidi. <laughs> I know. And I, I'm just going to keep sending my resume every week. There you go. <laughs> Um, so I feel like with a few of these questions, um, there is a little bit of, I mean, there's always a theme. Correlation. <laughs> um, and one of the themes I feel like is actually kind of addressed in this very first question, but overall, I think that setting boundaries is a struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a struggle because we always say like, oh, you just need to set boundaries. But what in the world does that even mean? Yeah, because you coming can set from, them and someone can step over them. Coming from the main person that doesn't have a single boundary. <laughs> yep. That's me. Anyway, um, so this this particular um, question, and like I said, so what David was saying is that we're not we're not sharing a bunch of background information, but interestingly enough, a lot of people are struggling with the same issues. So and just be clear, when you give us all the background information, it's not that we don't mind that. Like it helps us understand it. We just can repeat all of it right, right now. Right. Right. So this particular mom is asking about how to address setting healthy boundaries with her children. Um it's sounding like maybe the 
the children at some times can be a little bit verbally uh, – uh, saying verbal abuse is like feels pretty harsh, but sometimes it can be. Um, and we've kind of talked before that like when you're the parent, when especially when you're the safe parent, you catch a lot of lobs, right, to the – Right to the throat. <laughs> um, and what I'm saying is that the parent who's just kind of always there, the the staple, the you know, the just packing the lunch bag type of parent, metaphorically or literally, sometimes there, yeah. trying to be there. Those are the safe parent. Not that the other parent is dangerous, but that's the parent where the kid knows that they can let go of their emotions and anger and frustration and, and practice those things because they know that parents not going to kick them out of the house or abandon them. You know, and how about this? Like maybe one minute the kid is saying mean things. And then the next minute they're like, love you, mom, bye. Yeah. And you're kind of feeling like, okay, what just happened? Well, um, g- give us a short synopsis of this, this one specific thing right now. Like just kind of give. Okay, so the the synopsis is how do I set emotional boundaries? How do I let my kids know that they're hurting my feelings? And you can't just say, sorry. Well, this is my, this is my cue. Jump in. Proceed. Yes. Now, a little added, if I'm not mistaken, is this a co-parenting situation? No. This one was. This this one's not that one. Okay, because I remember you said one earlier. One was okay. So, um, what are the ages of the kids? Doesn't it doesn't mention the ages of the kids in this one? So just just off the cuff, every time a parent comes to me and says my kids are being disrespectful, my kids are treating me bad. Sometimes it's a parent that comes to me and looks like. They would not hurt a fly. They're very innocent and, and, and just so innocent of a parent. Like they're just this loving parent. Sometimes a parent comes in and I could tell they're more gruff. They're kind of aggressive and like kind of in your face type of a parent, right? But the complaint's still the same. They're feeling disrespected. They're feeling all these things happening to them and they want order in their family. They just have tried certain things and none of those things really work. I, I don't really wish this. I just think this would be helpful. If we did have video cameras in our living rooms from the time our kids were born until the time we now have this problem with them, and we were to go back and watch some of the film and some of the recordings. No, no, we do not want this. I, I would right scroll going. back to Heidi's Arizona house when she stabbed the balls <laughs> in the house with a very sharp kitchen knife. Yeah. Anyways. I did, I did <laughs> but no, um, but back to the analogy. Go ahead and just send in all of your stab the ball. Back moments if you're you'd new like. listening to the podcast go back to the episode <laughs> called don't stab the balls and you'll get the joke but yeah so um so, so the reason why i use this analogy for them is i is i'm trying to tell the parent is i'm saying if you could go back and rewind from one years old two years old three years old four years old five years old you'll see an evolution of them going from cute cuddly and your frustrations and anger towards them are because they had a blowout diaper or they threw food on the ground. Like things that you could dismiss of, oh, it's frustrating, but you can't really put the blame on them. It's just part of their developmental stage and cycle. You know that they're not consciously saying, oh, my mom's had a tough day. Well, forget her. I'm going to throw the mac and cheese on the floor. So she's got to pick it up. That's what you get, woman. They're, these are little <laughs> kids. They're not, con- they're just, they want to throw it. So they threw it. That's all that's happening. They're they're practicing using their bodies. They're practicing using their words and their movements, Right. So if we could go back and we could look at that, us as parents, I'm telling you guys, you would see so many tells, so many times where you were unknowingly modeling for your kids 
how to be irrational, how to freak out, how to be disrespectful. Now, I'm parents giving a little bit of side eye to parents tell me, especially the very passive loving parent tells me, but I've never raised my voice. I've never cursed at my kids. I'm never that. You have people I've never who been tell that you that? Oh, all the time. And my response is, oh, then I know exactly what you do then. And they go, what? You're passive aggressive. You're condescending. You will take jabs. And these are people, I'm not just meeting them the first five minutes I say this. <laughs> these are people where I've seen them in action with their kid in my office. Like I've seen things get kind of chaotic, right? And then they've also admitted things to me too. So I'm not criticizing right. them. I'm just right. saying, hey, you guys, like, let's look at this. So if we were to look at this imaginary videotape, they've seen you freak out, get stressed out, be upset, be bullish. But with a smile on your face, and maybe the dinner is ready, like to those very kind of loving, want to be a great parent. But what happens is we're all human beings. And as being human beings, we get our feelings hurt. We feel disrespected. Everyone deals with disrespect differently. Some people deal with it by they start slinging insults right back. Other people tuck it away. They start to think, gosh, am I really a bad person? Something wrong with me? And then they build their own identity off of that. Other people think, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to do the totally opposite of what they want me to do and show them that I don't have to live life that they want me to do it, right? In all these scenarios and situations, your kids are not doing what they're choosing to do. They're reacting to what you've been doing their whole entire life. Reaction is such a tell of how someone can handle that situation or not. We were just talking before the podcast you could tell someone the absolute, so for this question, parents, you can go to your kid, you can have it scripted out. I could draw up for you, okay, say this, say that in this specific order. Therapeutically, it would be right down home. I mean, it would be a perfect delivery as a parent. But if your kids are not in the place, meaning they're angry or frustrated, the timing's off, or your body language isn't kind of saying the same message, at that particular moment, it doesn't matter what you say. So a lot of times we'll get frustrated as parents because we have the right delivery, we have the right intention, we've waited time, and we bring this information to our kids and try to make things better, and they shut it down, and that's when they take shots at us. So when your kids are being disrespectful to you, when you're being vulnerable, it's extremely painful. But your kids feel that it's warranted because they've come to you pleading before, vulnerable, that they want to stay up later 15 more minutes because it meant so much to them. In your mind, you don't give a crap. It's not good for their brain. They've already spent 15 extra minutes last time, so you're not going to be taking advantage of this. And I'm not saying to give your kids 15 extra minutes, but in their mind, they're saying, they're telling me no, 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 no. That starts to sound like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you want. And then now fast forward to as they get a little bit older, then we're asking them to do things that we care about that they don't care about. This is where the pickle starts to happen. Now, we got to throw in some personality differences because you could have two kids have the same frustration yeah. with you, but one kid's going to make your life hell and the other kid's going to be like, just talk bad about you behind your back, but not really do much about it. <laughs> just like, well, mom's or dad's this, you know, whatever yeah. the scenario is. So a couple of the takeaways- so just go read their texts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're wondering. A, a couple of takeaways of this is I want every single parent listening to this to think, if you were to go back throughout your child's life, what is your go-to when you feel angry, frustrated, disappointed, or let down with your child's behavior or something that they're doing? Or just when you're late. Yeah, when you're late. <laughs> so whatever you do 
in that scenario, how you handle that com- discomfort and distress. Do not think that your kids aren't uncomfortable and distressed when you're in those situations. They just may not be manifesting the exact same way to you. Some kids hold it in and as they become adolescents, they're like, well, when I was 10, you said this. I have this happen all the time. Parents are like, when you were 10, like what, you're still holding on to that? You need to let that go. Well, human beings have a hard time letting go of things, period. These are the same adults that will confess me in the same session that they still won't talk to their mother after 30 years. It's like, sometimes we have a hard time letting things go. Hence the reason why they want a better relationship with their kid, right? They don't want to have that same thing repeat itself. (laughs) So I'm telling you guys, the takeaways from this is you have to first ask yourself, where, what is my go-to? And if my go-to is I get really condescending and passive aggressive, then I need to go to my kid and say, listen, I know I've been condescending and passive aggressive in the past. I know in a lot of ways, I haven't been the best example and I've been disrespectful to you too. So here's what I'm gonna do from now. From now on, I'm gonna act this way. I'm gonna be more mature about the situation. I can't make you not curse at me or do those types of things, but I'm hoping that if I don't treat you rudely or disrespectful, and we just talk about the issue at hand, that maybe you'll do the same thing for me. Someone's just gotta put it out there because it's not their fault that they've been reacting to you their whole entire life. They don't know any other parent. Well, in most cases, you know, they, they, this you're their mom, their dad, whatever it is. So that's what I take away from this. Look at how you've been handling stressful situations. Acknowledge that you need improvement on that and then tell them that what you're going to do differently. Uh, that's a good suggestion. And then just continually to improve upon that. You don't have to be perfect on that. I think that as your kids get older, this is what I'm finding. Um as your kids get older and they're starting to make their own decisions and and they're starting to sort of do their own thing and then they do things in and the way and and you're watching how they're responding or you're watching how things are going and you're like why are you freaking out about this or why are you behaving this way or why would you say that and you know we talk a lot about how our relationships are mirrors and um that that's a I think that as your kids get older, I think it becomes a harder and harder pill to swallow. And so if you're feeling that, if you're having some of those um, notifications, then I do love what you said. And, and I have taken that advice many times um, and said, you know, I've no- I actually have, have noticed that, that I've done this a lot and I don't want to be like that anymore. And I need your help. Yeah. Being really firmly critical on yourself in a situation that is starting to get a little out of control is a good way to put the brakes on it. So, you know what? I'm doing what I've done in the past. I'm jumping down your throat before I heard your side of the story. So tell you what, let me get some food myself. You come up with your side of the story and let's talk about it in a few minutes. Something simple as that. You are making quite a statement by saying that, but what you're really doing is telling your kids saying, we can't continue to keep on doing what we've always done and expect a different result. We just, and you can't expect them to stop their bad behavior before you're willing to acknowledge that you have some and that you could use some work on yours too. Most parents tell me that they're scared that they're giving the open invitation to have their kids criticize them. I said, they already are. <laughs> and, and it can be scary, but I think... But if you invite the so criticism, could, yeah. it just it softens the blow so much. It's just not as sticky. It's not as personal. And can we just say one more thing? Like, I don't think it's a good idea to say, we need to have a talk about our emotional boundaries. It's horrible. If you talk like a therapist, 
then that's horrible. And and we've talked about that many times. I can't but... stand you guys, parents. I'm, I'm going to be probably more direct this year because go ahead. Because I'm like okay. Because I'm not. As, they would have stopped not... listening after two years by now. <laughs> they completely hated me. But if I'm being totally direct, when your kids are upset and frustrated with you, it's your best opportunity to teach them how to be understanding with people who make mistakes, especially people who are older than them. Because guess what? If things work out well, they will have a job someday and they will be employable because they've learned how to work with people who are older than them and make mistakes without calling out your superiors on their mistakes all the time. That doesn't go really well in the workplace because what happens, a lot of kids leave their house saying, I've been really critical of my parent and I can go do that at a job with another adult. That doesn't work out as well because those adults didn't give birth to you. They They don't love you that much. Have you ever had people tell you that like they go to parent-teacher conferences or they they meet up with a coach and, and they just sing your child's praises and you're like, Can, is, this the, is this the person you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because sometimes it's – they behave so great with outside the house. And yeah. so they, they, are ha- they do have skills, which have to kind of remind them yeah. that, that this, the family and that that family business is – is worth making the effort as well. Well, yeah, and, and and not only is it worth making the effort, so many of us are parents and we don't even realize we are the CEOs of the company. Like, how did we become the owner of this company? We thought we were just having kids. <laughs> right. We just thought we we're just right. like, on Monday, that's wash day. Tuesday, that's we go shopping day. And you know day. what? People have high expectations of the CEO. Yeah. Yeah, everybody has criticism of the CEO. And you know what everybody wants from the CEO? Recognition. An appreciation. Everyone wants the pay of the CEO, the recognition and appreciation. <laughs> the pay, right? yeah. And the pay, but not the responsibility. Right, right, because it sucks. It, it does suck. And you. the reason why we're using this analogy, parents, is because we have always said this on the podcast. This is something that I've tried to illustrate throughout the years, that if you look at your family like a business, a startup company, that you want to make it to be a 100-year company, like a, 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 a generational company, well, then you're going to look at your family's development in a much more honest light. Because in business, there's a certain honesty with money and numbers that doesn't care about feelings. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get too much in our feelings, in our personal relationship with our kids. Yes, we want to worry about our kids, but to what end, right? We want our kids to be respectful, but do we want them to be so respectful that they can't have their own freaking opinion? Like they can't stand up to us if we're being irrational. That's the same reason why here in this country where we have certain freedoms that are founding fathers, like we need these freedoms just in case a tyrant comes in and runs the company again. We need to show our kids that they have reason to continually voting for us as the, the, the owner of the company. Like we need their vote. Like we can't just be the owner of our family business. We have to have them actually sign off on us being the owner. Yeah. So- Quick, quick, quick surmisal is take responsibility for your part. Recognize that you have more influence than you might think and have a rational conversation, not in the heat of the moment and ask for some feedback and get them on board. And a little side note too, um, we can go on and on about this is, you know, I call it, you don't have to be cool to play it cool. And it's just a simple reminder <laughs> of this, this I, yeah. when, when you, when you use your kids getting angry and frustrated, let's say your kid's like, mom, you're being a B. Let's say for some reason your kid has gotten away with it a couple of times and calls you a B, but actually calls you the word, right? 
Now, a lot of people have different reactions. If you're raised in a family where people call that to each other all the time, you may be offended by it, but not that offended by it because you're used, it's commonplace. Believe it or not, some families, they're a little loose with their language with even the little kids in the room. But um, let's say your 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 let's say your daughter calls you a B, right? You can look at that. You can go tell you what, man, that stings, that hurts. And as much as I want to yell at you and get mad at you right now, because obviously you know you shouldn't be calling your mom that. I don't have to tell you that you shouldn't be calling me that. Whatever I've done to make you feel so comfortable so that you can call me that, or whatever I've done to upset you so much for you to feel like that calling me that really makes the point that you're trying to make. I need to figure that out and I need to do better because the one thing I don't want is for my daughter to think that she has to use language like that to make her point because obviously I'm not listening to something you're saying. Don't that, have to be would, cool. Don't have to be cool to play cool. That you play cool. That would cool. not be an, ex- an expected response. It sure. wouldn't. And it, it trips kids out. And and when I've had, when I've coached parents how to do this, I have to coach them like in a couple different sessions because it's not something that comes natural mm-hmm. at that moment. I ask teenagers always, okay, so what is your response to this versus what happened last Thursday at the house when your mom snapped on you and your dad snapped on you? They'll tell me that this version of it, it's like, I respect that. Like they respect being approached that way. They respect their parent because there's some truth and some honesty there, but they also recognize that no one wants to get, I call it being punked. Like when I say I don't want to get punked, I don't want someone to have leverage over me and to push my face in the sand and say, ha ha, there you go. Like to mock me and make fun right, of me right. and I can't do nothing about it. As parents, we feel like we're getting punked and we're paying for it. Yeah. Like we're financially sponsoring <laughs> all the bad behavior. Yeah. So when they say something disrespectful, it's like, this is the time I'm not going to take this anymore. But it's really the best time to be like, man. If you got to go there, because what is cursing? What is foul language? What is disrespectful eye rolling? It's an exclamation point. We have a a whole podcast called Exclamation Point. They're trying to put an exclamation point on something. When kids act out at school, it's not hard to go, wow, they may have some family problems or they may have something going on that caused them to do this. These are notifications. So if we see it as that, then we can use that as an opportunity because once you play it cool, once you tell your kids something like that and they come back and they start cursing, it, hey, hey, I mean, I can't stop you from cursing because you're almost an adult now, but remember we talked about before, like, I'm really trying hard not to curse at you, okay? Well, I don't care if you curse me. What I mean is like, I'm trying really hard to like play it cool with you right now. So let's just not talk like that at this moment. Like, tell me anything else. Just explain to me what you're really trying to say. Right. Instead of being, how dare you talk to me like that? Because that's how our parents reacted. What? These little human beings that we've put food in their mouth their whole entire life, they're going to have an opinion and talk back to me? Never. Well, that's absurd. No one, no one, we're not doing that now, but a lot of times that's the generation that we came from. Like, it was disrespectful to have an opinion against your parents, right? Remember those days, Sadie? I absolutely, actually, yes. Yes, I do. So, okay, we're gonna. I swear we weren't gonna go that long in these questions. Dang it, Heidi. I know, it's my fault. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, There was a lot packed into that. Yeah, so that was really good. Okay, just rewind it, listen again. The next, um, I like it when it says first, I really love your podcast. Okay, anyway, so, (laughs) um, this particular mom, I think that this is interesting, and I, I actually don't have experience in this. This is a co parenting situation, this is a divorce situation, and, um, it's sounding to me like the mom is definitely like 
a disciplinarian and the dad might not be so much. In fact, she says, my ex-husband is less of a disciplinarian than I am. Um, she put that lightly. She talks <laughs> about, um, so she's talking about a 13-year-old. And it's it's sounding like this 13-year-old has struggled, is in counseling, and um, she's concerned. The This 13-year-old has threatened to hurt herself. And so it's it's obviously an intense situation and the the this girl has a the ability of of pitting her parents against each other um and this 13 year old has the ability of making everything that goes wrong be the mom's fault and doesn't take responsibility um what she says that i think is interesting that maybe um, I would love to hear your response to is she says, the only tactic I have is to take her phone because she just doesn't seem to care about anything else. Um, and then the last thing she says is I'm just thinking maybe I'll just let her go live with her dad because she hates me so much. So I really felt um, like not, no mom wants her kid to feel like she doesn't want to be with her. Um, and I think as parents, a lot of times we, we do feel like we're out of options. Like, yeah. give me your phone. Well, first off, thanks for the question. Thanks for the last person for the question as well, too. Um, there, there's so many things that – let me just start off by saying this. I don't – obviously don't know all the background, what causes sure. divorce, all those different types of things. But I can say this completely. When people go through a divorce, they're not trying to – you know, just go through a divorce and and break up the family simply to um, cut that person out of their life. They realize that that person's gonna be in their life, you know, because they have kids, right? right? So they're hoping that because this relationship has shown that it's not working, that by going through a divorce, maybe then they could be better parents co-parenting away from each other than being face-to-face. And sometimes that is the case. Sometimes I'll have people come back to me and they'll have me help them with their kid. And I'd help them throughout years when they're trying to figure out what they want to do with the relationship. And they are so thankful that they made that choice. No one's in prison anymore. <laughs> Everybody can just be free to express themselves. Now there was some hard going at first, but it was the right decision for them. So <clears throat> since I don't know about anything of the background that got you to this p- particular place, I'll just start off by saying that divorces, we're hoping to make amended family. It's not supposed to be blended. Right. That's <laughs> a terminology, but mended means like whatever he whatever wounds a mom has, a dad has, the kids have. We're hoping that the situation will will create that. But it brings up a lot of hurt and pain with kids who are just trying to figure out life. It brings up a lot of contention. Um, being a 13-year-old's 13-year-old girl, I mean, I've never been a 13-year-old girl, but I've helped a lot. And I can imagine that's hard enough as it is. Even if you did have a mother and right. dad that were in love and had their, you know, this bonding connection with each other, it's just hard, right? So with this mom, since I don't know if it'd be best for her to live with her dad or her, or her that was the point I was trying right. to get at. I can say though, that it's not about when a child leaves to spend more time with the other parent. It's about where they're at when they leave. 
I have seen boys and girls leave to spend more time with a parent because of a situation like this or multiple situations like this, that it ended up boding well. And it helped them have space away from each other to develop their own relationship. And now they had to deal with their relationship, mm-hmm. right? You can't see me on the YouTube. I'm doing separations with my hands at two different family systems. So the the best advice I have in this, similar to like what we just talked about, I really think that this mom should acknowledge that however they got here, none of them want to get here. I do not want to take your cell phone from you. If I'm taking your cell phone from you, I believe I may have made mistakes. There's been problems with our communication for a long period of time in that situation that led us to this point. I got to figure out a better way um, than just taking out your taking your cell phone. And you don't have to call your daughter out. The person asked this question. You have to call her out and say, you need to come up with these things. That's where it goes wrong. When the parent confesses and the parent says, hey, listen, I need to work at this. I need to do better. And then gives a directive to the child. That's not a partnership. That is still, I'm the boss, you're the employee. I've had some yoga experiences lately where I'm feeling centered with my chi. And so now you have to do the same thing too. It's not really a suggestion. It's like, no, this is, I'm now going to go and admit my issues. Now you got to admit your issues. I would just simply suggest acknowledge that where your flaws are at, that maybe you go too quickly to taking the phone. Maybe you get too worked up, but say, now's not the time. We should sit down and just talk about if there is a different option. If moving to stay with dad or staying more with dad is something she's fearing that her daughter wants, I suggest bring up the conversation. I'm not saying tell your daughter that you think she should or she wants you to, but if back in the cell phone conversation, remember we had a bunch of DMs back in the day where people were like, when do we give the cell phone? When do we give the cell phone? I go, it's not about when you give your child your cell phone. When do you start the conversation? Because mm-hmm. the conversation should be had like way earlier before you give them the cell phone. So that way, as you're talking about what this responsibility would be like, you're helping them as they're figuring it out. No different, the same thing about living with the other parent. Now, when do you think would be a good time to live with your other parent? Should you spend more time there? Now, I'm not saying you can or you can't. I'm just like, have do you think it's that at that point with us? If you start to have a conversation where you're listening information from even a 13-year-old, guess what? They're going to give you information. But if you try to stop it in the act by pulling a phone away, by doing stuff like that, you feel more out of control and they feel more out of control and more things that are said when people, when things are said, when people are out of control, it creates more resentment. Whatever the relationship contention between her and the daughter or her and the ex is, it makes it much, much greater at that particular moment. So you always want to invite your teenager to weigh in on this, but also whatever the fears you think that they want, you bring it up in conversation. You ask for it. It's no different than going to your boss. I'm scared I'm going to lose my job from my boss. You go up to your boss and say, listen, I don't want to lose my job. I love working here. And I would like to know what I could do or you know things I can improve on to be able to keep this job here. As a parent, when you're with a 13-year-old, and I can't say this, this is not a legal thing, but once your kids get over 12, 13, 14, or 15, from my experience, there's less and less the police and a court system can do as far as mandating where your kids are going to be at, like what parents' house they're going to be at. So at 13 years old, as it starts to turn towards you, you're losing control. If they want to go stay with the other parent and they don't feel like they want to be with you, 
you should start having these conversations so that it's not a blow up. That's why I said it's not about if she goes and lives with dad, if she doesn't live with dad, it's where her and mom's relationship at when she's going even to dad's house for a Thursday night or if she was to spend more time with dad, where's that relationship at when she's going? Because the last thing mom wants is for her to go to dad's house and then for, for them to commiserate together and talk about how much they hate mom. No ex wants that. I have heard so many times the infuriations like, they are talking bad about me with my kid, about me. <sighs> I mean, the sadness, the fear, because just nobody wants someone talking no, like that, yeah. especially when it's your kid and you're fearful that they're gonna hate you. Mom telling you, rewind this, listen this, just go back and listen to what we said. Consider this for a moment. I don't know your situation, like I said, but I do know that if you're inviting your daughter to talk to you about this, when there's not a fight at, at that particular time, you had a much better chance of getting real truth from her and coming up with better ideas of how to handle it. One of the things that I wanted to bring up, and it's probably one of the most valuable, I don't know if I can say most valuable from your parenting um, agreement e-course, is this notion of, you know what, acknowledging something went wrong and then setting a time to talk about it yeah. at another time. Um, even like you talk a lot about putting a punishment off until a next week. So maybe rather than, you know what, I'm taking away your phone, give it to me right now. It's all right. Based upon our agreement and our rules, our grades or whatever, I, you're going to lose your phone for a day. And so you can choose to either have that happen on Tuesday or Wednesday, or, you know, you kind of talk about that yeah. more in depth in that e-course, but but I think that um, just do a quick little like maybe like in this particular situation to say, all right, you know, go go be with your dad for a week. And then let's come back and let's really talk about this. Absolutely. I think that's great. Great suggestion. Um, we did a podcast a while ago that, you know, talked about the, the less you blow up, the more you can follow up. And so to add to that in this situation, what I'm really telling you parents out there and the, the mom that asked this question is, if you can slow the chaos up a little bit, then you're more likely to follow up with really good ideas and come up with better ways to handle that situation. But if you can't slow up the trajectory of what's happening, it's going to get out of control and you're going to lose complete we control. We always of it. say stuff. You, you you're like, you just let go of the wheel and you're like, Jesus, take the wheel because I can't, <laughs> I can't figure this one out right now. But that's a submission. We feel hopeless at that point. That's why it's always best to slow it up a little bit. I talking about deals, even the parents that do my parenting partnership, as they start to ask me questions, the longer they they do it, they start to go, okay, I gotta bring the deal to them and I gotta always be thinking of new deals. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If you go to your kids, say, listen, I know this weekend you're probably gonna wanna out with your friends, and since you haven't gotten good grades and you haven't done any of these things you're supposed to do, I tell you what. I think I want to make a deal for you with you because I still got some stuff that you could still do for me before the weekend's over. And I think you still have a desire to hang out with your friends. Let's see if we can make a deal. Okay, what deal? I don't know. You think about what you want. I think what I, I want. Let's talk about it tomorrow on Wednesday. If we can get ahead and predict, okay, every Friday night we get in a fight because they're asking me for chore money for chores they didn't do. <laughs> think of how if, if we didn't try to get ahead of our problems in business, most people would be out of business. That's why, again, look at it like a family business get ahead, but not in fear, get ahead in planning. The second thing I want to add just really quick, 
Um, and this was a, a meme that I saw just the other day, and it really kind of hit me. The Ikea um, meme? <laughs> what's that? The Ikea one? No, it's a different oh, okay. one. That was funny. Um, this one says, the well, it's like a quote. It's not really a meme, but the most intimate sign of affection you can show to someone is giving them your undivided attention. That's incredible rare. I will also say, as moms and dads, we have so much going on. And it is like in the scuttle of the time that you have in between school and dance and podcast recordings and dinner that's trying to get done and all the things, it's just really hard to give someone your, your undivided attention. We're folding laundry or we're driving, we're, you know, we're making dinner, whatever. And it's really um, hard for them to ask for it. Right, because they don't even feel like they're worthy of it, you know, because they know you're busy. Or they're just unsure sometimes. You know? So, yeah. um, you know, what David's suggesting can't be done while you're mowing the lawn, <laughs> you know, or or while you're – it could be done during while you're eating ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I think that could – I think you could squeeze that. You just make the ice cream together with them. <laughs> okay. Let's, the let's squeeze in like super last super last question. Did you say the quote already? I said it. I said the most intimate sign of affection you can show someone is giving them your undivided attention. Oh, I thought you were telling me that and you're – sorry. We oh, went over a few it. different quotes. I wasn't sure. That, that was, was the – I that thought was there was it. another quote. Okay. I thought that was just you, Heidi. I thought that I was just know, your it words. Just is my it sounded words, like so. you. <laughs> okay. Really quick, last question. Um, this is also a co-parenting question. Yeah. But this is a situation where it sounds like there's a lot of conflict. It's kind of the opposite. A lot of conflict between a, an older child, a teenage child, and the other spouse. And that child is coming and just dumping on dumping on mom about how much he hates dad and what a jerk he is. And she's kind of feeling like, listen, I'm not getting on your train. There, and, and she's saying, I want to tell my son that she's on her on his team, that she supports him, yeah. but without throwing the husband under the bus. Like she, obviously she can probably see where the husband's coming from, you know? So yeah. how do you kind of not get get on that? And and this frankly can happen. It doesn't have to be divorced. No, yeah, this is a very <laughs> typical thing, especially in the in the typical dad, very aggressive approach. Sure. And the mom sounds like she has a lot of the same feelings. She just may approach it differently than dad does. Yeah. So dad- Or maybe mom, sometimes moms let dad be the hammer. You know, like I- Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You know, it, I know I want to be liked. You know, I don't want my kids to hate me. So. So send, them to, send them to mom. Is that yeah. what you do? Well, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm just saying I can relate to yeah. I want to be liked by the kids too, you know? Um, yeah, you know- a lot of times what parents will do in this situation, I'm not saying this is bad, but what parents will do is they'll encourage the teenager then to go speak to the parent or they'll go around and try to coach the parent how to better speak to the teenager. And like you said, you don't have to be divorced to get yourself caught in that wedge. Triangles, the the saying three's company, two's a crowd, It's it comes from the law of triangulation. You, you get three people trying to or get two people arguing over one person or how to handle one person. Um, and it becomes quite the predicament. You know, it's, it's just, it really makes things a lot more challenging. So in this scenario, I would not suggest that she tell her teenage boy who does not know how to communicate well to go directly to dad and try to explain it differently to him. It doesn't mean that, it, and this, this mom could have great insight and information 
to do that, but it sounds like she's better to be the sounding board for the son and just like to be a safe person, right? For me as a counselor, a lot of times teenagers will come in and they'll tell me things that, you know, borders on the line of what I should be telling their parents, what I shouldn't be telling their parents. And sometimes I, I make some choices. Now there's blatant things like suicide, homicide, molest, abuse. Like there, That's no there's question. No yeah, there's right. no choice. But I'm talking like they snuck out. It's like, okay, well, it's, were they in danger? Were they not? There's, there's gray areas, right? Sure. And so I find out that if I'm the safe person, they will continue to tell me information. And so if I'm in the know... I will be able to tip off the parents if something really big does come up. So with this mom, I'm not saying that get the information from your son and then go sneak around and tell the husband. And I'm also not saying to try to coach the husband or coach the son how to communicate with each other because they obviously need to learn how to do that better for themselves. But what you can do is you can set up like an opportunity. So before there's a fight, before there's an issue, you can talk to them both individually and say, listen, I know you and dad have been fighting for a while. I'll tell you what. Remember last time you guys went and hung out and did this fun thing, whatever? I think you guys just need some dude time. I don't think you guys, usually, well, look at when you and dad are talking. There's always a problem. Have you ever felt like dad only brings up things to you when, when you're in trouble? Yeah, that's exactly what I feel like. Okay, you're appeasing to the crowd. To be a mediator, because as a counselor, that's what I really am. I'm just a mediator. I'm just trying to get a couple different people to work together so that they can work on something instead of work at something. Like, oh, like you're you're doing this. Well, you're doing that. Instead of pointing everything out that the other person doing wrong, working together to improve the other person and to motivate yourself as well. So how like I've had a lot of moms successfully will they'll go because moms sometimes like to try to pad, like try to increase the chances of things working out with their family members. So this way a mom gets to be active and engaged, but not sneaky. She's just kind of saying, Hey, listen, I love you boys. You guys are gonna drive me crazy. I got gray hair because, you know, like make some light out of it. But I'm telling you, I know this is killing both of you. Do you remember when you were younger, how much you guys play catch together? You have to bring them back to a time when there was connection before the concern. Yeah. Then when you get the, the kid in there, you get the dad in there and say, like, hey, listen, I know why you're yelling at our son. Because you don't want him to be like your brother or whoever it is. Like, you know, or like you just start to appease like you want this. You guys both want the same thing. I don't think that you can't communicate. You can't have a relationship. I think that the timing and the setup for everything is against you. It's like you're literally starting behind the eight ball in the worst possible state. Let's set you guys up for success. Let mom go in to create like different type of ideas. Now, as a mom, if you have the husband saying, well, I don't know, you know, he's not going to do this. Or if you have the son saying, well, dad's not going to do this. Well, then you can look at them individually and you tell the husband, listen. You're going to do this and you can be assertive. And the reason why you're going to do this, because what are you going to do? Sit here and fight with your son the rest of your life? You didn't work this hard to have a bad relationship with your son. You're going to do it. And not because I'm forcing, because you know it's the right thing to do. Let me just help you going on it. How many times moms out there, do you have to encourage your husband to do something? But once they do it, they're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Sounds like a teenager because you got to do the same thing with your teenagers too. Encourage them to do something. This board game is not that bad. Board games are stupid. 30 minutes later, they're laughing and taking Snapchats, right? Like now it's a nostalgic thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's all about the presentation. So use your influence over your son, use your influence over your husband to bring them together. But unfortunately, a lot of parents make the mistakes using the influence to get information from this person and then try to go over there because you always are going to favor the person you just last talked to. So if you're talking to your son, he brings up good points about dad. They're like, yeah, I hate that about my husband too. 
Okay, and then you go over to your husband like, you know what? I was going to tell you these some things you could do, but now you know he's brought up some good points that I'm frustrated with you as well. And next, you know, we're trying to push an agenda, and Dad starts to go, "Oh, she's on my son's side now," or the opposite. Kid thinks, "Oh, now Mom's trying to sound like Dad. She's pushing Dad's agenda." That's where you get yourself in a pickle. But if you say, "I'm the mediator. I'm not the gossiper." That's totally different. I think I'm going to write that down. I think that having a whole podcast episode about like we can do that. the skills of mediation would be really good. Well, because most parents in the family business model, most parents have never been the CEO of a company. And most parents have never been professional mediators. By the way, just a little true story. My first real serious job that I was considering before I went for this, I was planning on being a court mediator. All because a gentleman came into, when I was at the University of Utah, came into one of my classes. He's one of those professional people that came in and he was a court mediator. And when I listened to him talk what he did for a living, I was like, something in my brain goes, I was meant to do that. Because I had a chaotic family. There was always fighting and drama. And I was always the one that, hey, it's all good. (laughs) I just didn't really, I just, hey, why do we have to be like this? But family counseling is a whole nother level of that. Mm-hmm. it's actually, in my opinion, much harder because you're meeting with the same family for years versus a court mediation. It's a boom, boom, boom. It's not that long yeah. of a relationship, right? So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you took some notes on that because it's very crucial that if you're going to get involved in a relationship between people, you're getting involved with the intentions and the skills to mediate, not to create more gossip and contention. Because most parents have the intention, I'm going to mediate. And they go, what? He said this? How dare? And they get all emotional and forget whose side that they're on. They're on the side of truth, not the side of a person. Well, and I find myself even like mediating between two kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, between siblings, this happens a lot more. I think some mediation skills could probably be. But think about it. You're a better mediator. As a counselor, the only reason why I've gotten this information from parents, from teenagers is because they bought what they trust me as a person. Forget me as a professional. If they thought I was full of crap, it didn't matter what degrees I had or what schools I went to. They have to go, okay, I trust that you are on my side enough that you're not playing me, but I am trying to manipulate just enough so that I can get the kindness from their heart, the kindness from their kid's heart, and put those together at the same moment. Instead of having one person being mad, one person being kind, then switching places. Excellent. Well, those are some good questions. I would love to hear um, Dave's responses to these to these questions because it's just interesting how you can take, you know, the, there's going to be little nuggets that are in there that are going to influence me because of the situations that I'm in. So I think that that's what's the benefit from having these questions. So you guys, if you have a question, some something that's that you're yeah, struggling we're start with, answering questions again. Go ahead and send them in. You can um, send them to us via DM on our Instagram at like the fight. You can send them um, via our website, which is lightthefight.com. And um, we'll kind of be compiling them and judging them based on how many other questions are along those same lines. But um, anyway, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Thank you for sharing. If you wanted to drop us a review or um, what's the other thing? A comment? Whatever. Are they going to say hate like, like the Geico commercial? <laughs> no, 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 okay. none of those. We would love to hear from <laughs> or you. Or some commercial about hate likes. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> we appreciate um, your reviews really do help yes. um, push the podcast. And so we appreciate that as well. Um, keep listening and keep learning and um, and keep opening up yourself to those around you because um, 
that's that's exactly how we're going to light the fight. So thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll